content warnings for discussions of sex, racism, blasphemy, misogyny, pimp culture, drug dealing, and gun violence. Hello and welcome to the Billy Shears Club. I'm your host, Caleb Clark, and with me today we have returning Kiana Shabazz. How are you doing today, Kiana? I am doing A-OK, and how are you there? I am doing B-O-D. <laughs> well, if you believe the earth is wet. <laughs> no, that's B-O-B. Oh, that's what I said. Oh, no, I said B.O.D. because I was... Uh, but yeah, anyway, we've got two lovely albums for you, folks. we got 2014 Forest Hill Drives by J. Cole and King Remembered in Time by Big Crit. Uh, how about you start us off with a little bit about uh, J. Cole there, or I believe his friends call him Krizzle? I don't know. I mean, I think most people on the street would go, Cole! But, you know, shout out oh, to the world. No affiliation, but... It's just fun. Um, but nah, J. Cole, you could say a lot about, you know, he's kind of occupying this, like, almost mythical status. I mean, myth implies that, you know, the skills aren't real or that there's not thought and artistry going into what he does. But he is one of the biggest names uh, in modern hip-hop, certainly. And this album right here was, like, really seminal. Uh, I suppose just kind of putting it succinctly, I enjoy Cole because I, I love his storytelling. I enjoy his flows. Um, when he gets aggressive and attacks the beat, it's always very exciting. Uh, but more than that, he just has a tendency to examine common tropes in a way that feels fresh and enlightening. Right? So, yeah, this album is certainly one of the classics in his discography. Um I think it has a lot to offer. Again, you've got storytelling like a wet dreams or like O3 adolescence. You've got the subversions of, you know, common rap tropes like in GOMD. Um, but you've also got some thoughtful um, works as well, such as Love Yours and Apparently. So there is a lot uh, this album has to offer, I feel. Yeah, it's definitely one of the big ones in the last 10 years of hip of hop because I know like Usually he's like, you know, whenever people have discussions about who are the people keeping hip-hop alive or who's the Mount Rushmore of hip-hop for, like, the modern day, he's usually up there with Kendrick Lamar and Drake and Chan. And up until Big Day, Chance the Rapper. But yeah, he's definitely... This is, like, the one that really cemented that reputation from what I can generally gather. Because I got into hip-hop a little after this, but, like, the double platinum with no features... Jokes mm. all started here. Yep. It's funny because it's true. Um, but he had features. He had two people who were very clearly not Cole on the album. On this album? Yeah, the person who does the chorus on a, a G-O-N-D, and then there's the uh, spoken word part on uh, Fire Squad. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shoot, I have to look to see. I just assumed it was him, I gotta be honest. Just with, yeah. like, you know, vocal effect. All right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know because they didn't. They didn't get listed, but they sound too very dissimilar. But like, I don't know. I just assumed he was putting some bass in his voice. Yeah, that's fair. Anywho, yeah. But were there any tracks that uh, stood out to you in particular, or any sort of uh, overarching themes you were noticing? Or just yeah, let's see. Uh, I would say generally, like I, I usually approach from like usually like as a rapper first like just because like 
I would say, like, his overall skills and attributes. I would say, overall, he's a, got a lot of good strengths. Like, uh, like you say, his storytelling, he's got, is really good. It's pretty good. Uh, he's got these interesting concepts he wants to explore. I think we'll probably get into it, but, like, he's talking to talk a lot about, like, development and lack of guidance for a lot of these. And, like you say, it's the version of hip-hop tropes. Uh, he's got really underrated wordplay. Like, he's got very good punchlines. Uh, Any in particular standing out or coming to mind? Uh, the one line about, uh, well, this is slightly vulgar, but it's the one that comes to mind. Came fast like 911 in white neighborhoods. Oh, that is a classic. That is a classic. Yeah, yeah but yeah, also like just generally, uh, his flows it's, are pretty good. He's got the very minimalist style overall, but like, is still, you know, pretty good when it, and he's able to do both like the more laid back storytelling type, the boom bappy flow and also like much more quick paced ones. And also he does a little bit of the mumble singing. And then uh his beats are pretty nice. He goes for sort of that Chicago two thousands conscious rap. Like you could hear Lupe Fiasco or Common or early Kanye on a lot of these beats. I felt and overall like mm-hmm. as a performer he's very competent. I, I did feel sometimes his execution on the songs I had issues with, but we can like get to that into later on. But yeah, overall as like just as a rapper and as far as his skills, I felt like more reserved but very good. Very competent as well. I mean I Shoot, I was like, my brain is stuck on shoot. I was just thinking, shoot, we can wait for it later. We can get into it now. Um, oh, the, the tracks, the, yeah. yeah, I mean, because, yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. obviously a fan of this album. Um, it's got a lot of, I mean, even aside from the nostalgia, though, there is the emotive connection with this, you know, with this work. Um, yeah. I think the tracks that always stood out to me, of course, were dreams, because just the consistency of the storytelling. And, and that's the thing, like, it's not it's not like storytelling for the sake of telling a story, it's storytelling for the sake of like encapsulating a moment that tends to resonate with a lot of folks, right? Whether or not you've had that particular experience or whether or not it went down in that particular way. Just the idea of this portion of development. And I guess that's something like you can trace from start to beginning sort of the development maybe of a version of Cole, so to speak, yeah. right? You've got January 28th birthday, you've got two tracks devoted to adolescence, right? The middle tracks from Tale of Two Cities to, you know, G-O-M-B could be viewed as like, you know, the young adult phase when you're trying to move away from the violence uh, and develop a sense of self. And yet certain things are provocative and certain things make more sense than others, right? Not to be, uh, but just to say like, depending on your circ- everybody's circumstances, you have choices, right? Do you become yeah. like the things that may have harmed you? Do you figure out a way to break free of that? Are you capable of doing so? And if you don't feel that you are, where are you then? You know? <laughs> and I feel the latter tracks are sort of like Cole at that time, taking stock of current situations. Um, but still, the issue of development. And I say issue because he's not speaking on these subjects as though he's got it all figured out or as though he's achieved some pinnacle or some ideal. It's very much an examination of the dysfunction and the choices an individual has to make for, you know, their health, the betterment of themselves, you know, but also the people you're connected with. Because I guess that's the thing. It's like the earlier tracks are very, like, solitary and focused in that he's thinking he's speaking of his circumstances and examining himself 
But whereas the latter tracks of the album, I guess from GOMD forward, um, examining development, but in the context of relating to other people, right? Which is interesting. Gotcha, gotcha. I guess, uh, let's see, where do you want to start as far as like individual song breakdown? Uh, what I guess what dreams because that was that was definitely one of my favorites too. If you want to get more into that, right? I mean, for sure. I mean, shoot, that sample though, like, yeah, it's a good beat. Yeah, shoot. It's, I mean, it's simple but effective. You know that little chop, mm-hmm. well, like three, two or three chops, right? Just ah. Shoot. And I guess that's what it is. I mean, everybody knows a good sample, right? Uh-huh. If you have a good sample, right? Yeah. The beat really does build around that, right? And it creates a, a tonal consistency. Because, I mean, because that's the thing, you know, rappers, mm-hmm. you don't pick a sample just to pick a sample. You pick a sample that's going to inform your work, right? Crit does that on some of his tracks, and we'll talk about him soon. But yeah, yeah. regarding Wet Dreams. Hmm. I was thinking what, what makes it so popular, right? And it's not because it's salacious, right? Certain, I guess, yeah. people could be scandalized by the title of content. I actually met someone. Yeah. Who was. Um, but again, it's capturing a moment that a lot of folks have gone through, even if it wasn't at that particular time. Yeah. Yeah. Many people have generally lost their virginity at some point. Yep. I mean, we are children of people. Oh, God, is that what I want to say? <laughs> But I mean, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, yeah, it's true. Come on now. If you're if you are under the age of like consent, go somewhere else. You know, there there will be content warnings. I put content warnings. There will be right for sure. You're gonna have a time editing this. I'm just gonna tell you now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 Uh, But yeah, what are your thoughts on the track? Yeah, I think. But you you touched on one of the big strengths is like it's just the simplicity and it's just handled very well, you know, taking the story, adding the details and giving it a logical structure. And I think part of the appeal, at least for me, and what it's probably what I feel was the sort of the pinnacle of the album was like he does have the subtle nudges towards like the dark darker sides of his themes like it's very much a song about like we've said development but he's also poking towards lack of guidance where within the story so he like he's flirting with the girl and like she asks have you ever had sex before and he feels like as a dude he he's got to impress the girl and he's like oh i've had sex lots of times and then like mm-hmm. he gets his advice on how to please someone from from smut basically and then mm-hmm. And the spoiler, at the end, it turns out that she was actually also a virgin the entire time. So it's like, wow, he's just a, a kid working off, you know, all these, you know, doesn't have like a concrete center. So he's just working off bad ideas that he's had passed around him. And so I feel like that was a really good, subtle handling with a very effective end to it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and it's good that you note that because that's the thing. It's like with good storytelling. You don't have to put it all on the tin, so to speak. The facts yeah. of the matter stand out, and you know we can read like as as a part of analysis, we are able to read into the lyrics, read between the lines, you know, so yeah. to speak, and extrapolate appropriately. Because yeah, like 
if you got people in your life that are having those conversations with you and they mm -hmm. themselves have a healthy framework, you're going to have conversations about, you know, um, are you ready for that or consent? Not to say that that was an issue yeah. in the song, but you know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, there is a lack of guidance, mm -hmm. right? And that is in part what led to that particular circumstance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because yeah. as he says, he has no role models, but with a Z. Mm. Right. Now, it's funny with that particular track, because I do, I do like no role models, because again, that beat, you know, that little, that little horn riff. Mm hmm Shoot. It's just, again, it's, it's difficult to articulate what makes something a vibe, you know, but yeah. it is very much a vibe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But what's interesting, like, yeah, again, yeah, no role models is certainly about, like, the lack of role models, but, you know, something mm -hmm. that differentiates it from the lack of guidance that we see in Wet Dreams is that this is now a grown cold, right? Yeah. And, and so instead of focusing so much on like, well, it's interesting. He's acknowledging both his negative actions that result from a lack of guidance, right? Like the promiscuity um, and the lust, you know, oh, this yeah. woman, I wish I was in this position to have this woman, so or so forth. But yeah. also the refrain, that's what really makes this song stand out to me. You know, one time from my LA sisters, one time from my LA hoes, you know, um, yeah. can't tell the difference. One time for, you know, be out. careful, you know, someone who knows. <laughs> yeah. But I really, the reason I really enjoy that, and then don't save her, she don't want to be saved, because that's the truth of the matter. When you reach an age where you are accountable for yourself, right, <laughs> regardless of the lack of guidance or not, you have to accept the fact that you are consciously making these decisions, and you have to accept the consequences of those decisions. And so, whereas <laughs> with Wet Dreams, it's the lack of guidance leading to the first of many things, right? In no role models, it's the acceptance of the lack of guidance and becoming more critical of the self. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. With, with no role models, that was one where it's on the lighter end, but I still felt was flawed because it definitely does have those good concepts. But I think he could have done a little bit more to bring the execution together mm -hmm. where like just because like i feel like he does a very good job like with his opening stanzas on a couple of the verses where reference his again his reference points for love and like a strong role model are from the fresh prince of bel-air which is a, you know it's a good show but it's a tv show you can't like base your oh, entire yeah. life around characters on a tv show and oh, it, but but then like i feel like the difference is like with wet dreams it all sort of comes full circle at the end but with no role, role models it doesn't really it just sort of has that starting point on the verses and then it just goes into him being horny and not really liking being respectful towards women all that much and then maybe if like I feel like it could have been just very simple things like maybe just a couple lines thrown in that loop back to the TV show characters or if like at some point, the chorus changed to "Don't save him." He doesn't. He don't want to be saved. Like sort of flipping on Cole because he does that a couple times. In that, but like as it stands, I feel like it could have been improved upon a little bit. Like it just the idea's there, the intent is clear. It's just like it just missed a couple pieces. I felt right. 
I mean, and that's valid, right? That's how you feel. We ain't got to justify how we feel. <laughs> I mean, yes, I, I do. I mean, well, we do and we don't, right? Yeah. Um, but no, I see what you're saying, right? Uh, when it's that that switch, you know, after we get <laughs> after we get that sample from good old W, you know, yeah. uh, we go into the fool me one time, right? And of course, like yeah. I got the lyrics up. I'm not gonna front and say I'm an encyclopedia. Uh uh-uh, uh, that's what Google. Yeah. Or your search engine of choice, but I see what you're saying, right? Uh, because yeah, yeah, the the last quarter or third of the song is that refrain, right? Yeah. But what's interesting is that these are both consequences of the lack of role models. So in that sense, it is still, uh, I would say, internally consistent, right? Mm-hmm. Even though, yeah, he's not critiquing; he is firmly critiquing, like the women who don't want to be saved yeah. right but it's interesting i agree that like in terms of the fool me one time like i'm not sure who that is addressed to you know what i mean like i'm not sure if, is he speaking to himself is he speaking to uh others with a lack of guidance is he speaking to the women who don't want to be saved right because before that there wasn't really an issue of violence it was just an issue of lust yeah. um and lack of role model yeah. right and then the very last part right my only regret right and then start naming the women And again, we have, it's interesting because the TV show does show up at three points throughout the song in the beginning with, you know, the Mm -hmm. reference to Uncle Phil, Fresh Prince, right in the middle. He wants a real love, dark skin, and viv love. Again, another reference to Fresh Prince because, yeah, that show Mm -hmm. raised a lot of folks, you know. But then at the end, right, naming all these actresses and musicians, right, but then saying he's left with uh, reality Reality show women, right? Which is interesting, right? Because it's one thing to point out the flaw in someone else, but at the same time, they appeal to you, don't they? You used them, don't you? Right? So I understand what you're saying about how it would have been nice to see him turn that lens back upon himself so that it does seem as though there's just more understanding of how the issue has affected his personal development. Yeah. Right? So I see what you mean about full circle. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I love this song. I gotta be honest. Yeah. It's not my favorite yeah. on the album, right? But <laughs> who doesn't love? Yeah, who doesn't love a good refrain? Yeah, is it good? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a big fan of GOMD. Mm-hmm. Um, one, the beat goes hard. You know that's oh, yeah. It catches your attention. It makes you alert. You know, you're ready for whatever's about to be delivered. But the thing that I really enjoy about that track is the subversion we get um, after the second, I think, to the window, to the wall. Which, again, you know, that's a reference to... Oh, dang, the song is blanking. But it's... Uh, Lil Jon. Oh, shoot. uh, Get low. Get low. Just get low. Oh, man. I have to sing for the whole course to get back to it. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, you know, so after that, because... I mean, on the surface, I mean, he begins with Hollywood Cole, right? Which is, you know, a version of self, the particular self that's in the realm of the reality show, in the realm of the entertainment industry, in the realm of let me package myself as a commodity and present it to the consumer to be consumed, (laughs) right? And so, I don't know. I think the part that, okay, because in the beginning, right, is, you know, your, I want to say standard, but, you know, your standard uh, braggadocio, right? Just talking your stuff. Right. People thought this but it's really this way. Right. Uh, people want this. You're going to get that, so to speak. And then we get 
to the window to the wall, which seems to reaffirm that eye for an eye, that ride or die, that, you know, thug mentality. Right. And we get to the course, um, what GOMD actually means. Right. And again, it's just uh, a continual affirmation, a continual aggressive affirmation of that mentality of, okay, nobody touch me. Nobody can do this. I run it. Right. But then after that, after we get, you know, that bombacity, man, I come home and I don't tell nobody. You know, yeah. now we get that examination of self, the reality, right, that Hollywood can be a lonely place, right, that operating in such a way does not necessarily fulfill the needs you have as a human being, right, as a man, aside from the violence that you may have indulged or that may have been thrust upon you, right? I want to go back to Jermaine, right? So he's beginning with Hollywood code, right? This is this designation, whether it's been given to him or whether he's taking it upon himself. And since he's leading the track, he is taking on that identity, right, that Hollywood identity. And yet internally mm -hmm. longing, Right for the simplicity of a life without that fame, and yet, <laughs> and even with that examination, right, and the longing for true intimacy that he does explore more in "For Your Eyes Only," right. I think that was the next album after this. Um, well, yeah. Right. It's just it's called love. You know, people don't sing about it. Don't nobody sing about it. But everybody in the club singing, right. And that's when we get this subversion, right? Examining the loneliness and you know the issues of self and then going back into, but at the same time, this is how we numb. This is how we run. This is, you know, what we choose. And there's all, you know, in any particular demographic, you've got the sort of things that people run to, but one of the commonalities is entertainment, right? Be that you enjoy fighting um, or drama, right? Or sex, right? Or, you know, accolades, what have you. And so I just love that the latter half turns the refrain on its head, um, you know, and makes it that subversion. I did really, I do really like the sound of it, and like, I think, I think your reading is starting to warm me a little, but I do, I do feel, I don't know. I mean, at the end, he does good. go back to it, so it's like, was it real, was it not, was it all hot? Yeah, yeah, and like, I felt like, at some points, it could feel like it was still a little bit disjointed, but I'm, I'm starting to warm up, yeah, it's like, that transition back into the course the second time around definitely does help, but yeah, mm -hmm. I did feel like, I feel like if he could have made the, like, since the second verse is, a lot of it is, like, about a relationship falling apart, maybe if, like, I don't know, if he focused more on being a ladies, like, I feel like having the first verse being more of, like, a ladies man, you know, oh, I get all the women, as opposed mm -hmm. to more of, like, oh, I'm a gangster, I shoot people, like, I feel like that might have been a little bit stronger, but, you know, it's and also, why is why is one of his stereotypes all rich black people are famous? I was not aware that. Oh, is it well, like, mm -hmm. is it just like the only way? Is it supposed to be like the only path for wealth as um, African American as being a celebrity? I think it's a number of things, and I, it, to me personally, when I read that line, it makes yeah. me think. If you grow up in poverty, and we're not getting into statistics, don't nobody get any feelings, I'm saying what I'm saying. If you grow up in poverty, right, you could be white or black. It's like the only people of means you see are usually that look like you tend to be the ones on television, right? And you're yeah. on television because you're famous, harkening back to the Hollywood, right? But on the out, but uh, in another way, right, there is this common conception that, you know, if you are a famous black person, you most likely are an athlete or a musician. 
right? Mm -hmm. And that's if you would also be famous and rich, right? Yeah. But also at the same time, what is the concept of rich that we're working with, right? He is tying the issue of rich into the concept of fame, right? So you're not rich yeah. in spirit, you're not rich in community, you're not rich in integrity or character. You are rich in monetary means because you have commoditized yourself in order to get fame. Mm -hmm. And so going back to the issue of a lack of guidance or role models, depending on what you did to be famous, right? You are glorifying and um, perpetuating <laughs> things that keep that. Ah, there's so many, you know, I don't want to say it. Things that are negative? Crab in the bucket mentality that, you know, yeah, social poverty, the issues that go along with that, the, you know, dysfunctional sense of self where you feel that you must be a certain way or be a certain type of person, right, in order to yeah. achieve what you feel or have been taught is a standard of success, which in our culture tends to revolve around fame and attention. And then on the inverse, right, why does every broke like, you know, person have to be brainless, right? Well, that is sort of the flip side, I guess, or the inverse rather of the, you know being rich and famous it's like if you're broken blameless um to me that just makes me think of all the stereotypes and prejudice that can be placed upon someone that comes from a lack of means you know it's not that you're ignorant right it's not that you truly don't know right it's more that you are in circumstances that are compounding upon themselves almost exponentially and if you don't have external means to break free of that cycle you will be caught up in it like a whirlpool yeah so that's kind of how I read it. Okay. That's... Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so that's GOMD. You know, my thoughts on it. Right? For sure. Well, hello, hello. I like you as a track. Goodbye. Yeah, hello. I like that. It's sort of a nice little thing where it's where like he's ran into an old flame, but now she has kids and he's having to reckon with those. Like, and people have had to grow up. I've had to grow up. Am I? Would I be prepared to be a parent or be, be get back with you and be a stepfather? And like him, right? Having to deal with all of that. And plus, the beat was really nice because it's like you know very fast. Lots of the strings. Mm -hmm. It's just that the claps were a little much. Mhm. Mm I can feel that. Maybe turn them down a little. Yeah, a little bit. Oh yeah. Oh sorry. Go ahead. Where oh shoot. Nah. And the only things really. <laughs> my my brain wanted to skip to note to self um yeah. only to say i did listen to it all the way through the first time i heard the album i did i sat through <laughs> it and i listened to all the shout outs yeah <laughs> oh, which you know that's a cute way that's a nice way to end the album and i think cold has done that before where it'll just take time on a track to just talk and you know be personable and a little you know goofy yeah right yeah yeah, that one, that was, had a nice sound. The song part was weird because it seemed to just decide nihilism was the solution to every, to all this, or at least nihilism was the logical conclusion. And then, yeah, the shout outs, they were, yeah, the shout outs, they were sweet. It's definitely the most energetic Cole seems on the whole album. Mm -hmm. But like, I don't know, he's, just as a person and a presence, he he isn't the kind who can sustain interest for eleven minutes of talking. Really, it's it's nice, but it's not like. Oh yeah, I know. wouldn't really consider it a song. Yeah, it's it's. I don't think anyone's really managed to make those spoken word outros to albums interesting for more than like thirty seconds, except yeah. for maybe on a 
Quim and I, but that's only because like they sampled one of their awards acceptance speeches where they were booed, but hopefully we'll do an Quim and I episode later on, so we'll get to that. But like, that's, that's the one. And also Kanye on a college dropout, but yeah. Right. Yeah. So again, exceptions that prove the rule. If you start <laughs> talking at length, you know, we may listen out of respect. We may dip and you ain't going to take it personally. It's fine. But um, going to apparently, that was the first song I think I heard from the album. Oh, and it just, I was a fan of it uh, right away. Um, I guess in terms of like lyrical content though, uh, again, starting with acknowledging an actual uh, role model in his life, uh, guidance, you know. Um, it's mom. His mother. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that was. Yeah, the first verse was sweet, but then in the second verse, he gets back to talking about his place in the rap game, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Do these connect? Are we just okay?" Bye, mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think one way to connect them, of course, is my personal reading. Um, mm-hmm. Well, it's also again like reestablishing yourself in the rap game is nope. I am at the top. Right. Yeah. And so again, you go into that braggadocio, you know, that talk in your ish. Um, the flows with that part are nice, I think, but just reconciling it between like the propers he's giving in the first half of the song versus, you know, the self accolades and self aggrandizement in the latter half. I don't know if it's an issue of him, and this is me really reading into it. You no, know, but like, okay, apparently you believe in me and I thank you for it. Oh, I. And so, well, if you feel that you're a flawed human being, regardless of where you come from and the good that has happened, you may you may go back to old ways. So it's like you believe in me. Do I believe in myself? Maybe the latter half are the reasons why he has difficulty believing in himself. But again, even with if even if that were the case, presenting it as that bombastic you know glamorizing of those behaviors and so i don't know it's an interesting juxtaposition for sure one that i can't fully reconcile but i do like the track yeah that's fair yeah but yeah and then love yours that's my uh little brother's favorite song i think off this album and it is and, and again that is also sweet because it's just an exhortation to appreciate what you have and I don't know it kind of you know like in oh in adolescence when like his friend was talking about you know his circumstances and that sort of set cold straight um you know uh kind of prevents him from fully embarking on that path of like brain says the gassity and violence um you know so love yours I think is a more mature look at similar things, providing a hopeful takeaway from those. I think it's Cole's attempt to offer guidance to the listener. Yeah. Mm. I those those two love years and also the O three adolescence, like those were the ones where I really came down on the album personally because it just yeah. like the I get the core message of you know being grateful for what you have. That's that's a good message to have. This is for Love Yours, specifically. But, like, the way he frames it specifically, how he keeps saying, sometimes I wish I could go back to being broke, and then he has to have, like, 
the sort of backtracky part where he's like, now, you know, I know it's hard being broke, but you know, someone's always going to have nicer things than you. That, that was like, this, this feels a little condescending. This felt, huh. that felt like, I don't know, oh. there was something just a little off to me about that part. Like, you can, you can just, like, and also part of it is just that I felt he didn't really successfully convince the problems he had. At least on this particular song, there's like a Saint Tropez definitely demonstrated, hey, celebrity has given me lots of worries, but this one, not quite as, I didn't feel as much. And so when it got to that part, like it felt more off to me. Oh, see, that's interesting because when it got to that part for me, I was actually grateful to hear it because it's like, I mean, <laughs> I, I think I can understand what you're saying about the condescension because it does seem like, it does seem totally inconsistent. But yeah. as I am wont to do, here's how yeah. I viewed it. <laughs> um, I mean, in like this is Cole acknowledging the reality that his circumstances are far different from the people listening yeah. to his music. Yeah. You know, and even if he wasn't the brokest on the block, still growing up with, you know, a broken home in unsavory conditions and not a great neighborhood with not the means that you would prefer. I think, I don't want to say it. When you fall victim to comparison, especially when you don't have much means, you can really open your heart to hatred, which in turn leads to violence, which perpetuates the brokenness that kept you from having particular means in the first place. So I think this is Cole exhorting the listener to understand that, yes, though your circumstances are what they are, even if you aspire to these things, if your only goal is status, you will never be satisfied because someone's status is always going to be greater. And so we must be humble, accept what we have, and recognize that what we have is a lot because there is love. Right. And so encouraging the listener to not make status the goalpost, but rather to make fruitful, intimate relationships the goalpost. Gotcha. I, I do. That is definitely a, a message to draw from it. I just feel like there was there was some baggage. I felt. Oh, yeah. And that yeah. was just not particular. Right. But yeah. yeah, in any case, yeah. it's got a sweet beat too. very mellow, very yeah. like hopeful sounding i think just because the of you know the solitary piano keys yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. so yeah that was 20 oh wow it's been seven years yeah well we still we still got some songs to go so, oh uh, yeah for sure I, I mean if you still want to keep going i have i have thoughts that i can just stop on i mean shoot I mean, unless we're focusing on a particular song, go ahead. Yeah, you can drop your final thoughts and we can move on to Crit. Um, I mean, my yeah. final thoughts, I enjoy the album. It, yes. was, it was very well played uh, back when yeah. it dropped, you know, yeah. and it puts a smile on my face even now. Yeah, yeah. I think covering the last few, we didn't touch on uh, January 28th and Fire Squad, those were both sort of his brag, more of his straight up brag tracks, but they both like kind of touch on you know, more personal issues like January 28th also has parts talking about like, you know, how fame can turn people against each other with the higher stakes. And I, that honestly might be like the better, my, that honestly gets kind of at what he was trying to go for on Love Yours better, at least the parts of his own, you know, struggles with Scylla. 
with becoming wealthy and then on that song but anyway and then fire squad has that it was like the one part where he talks about like white people in hip-hop it's like you can't just say just plain come on own no. that own it there was a reason. i actually no because when i first heard that i was i was like what 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 <laughs> but i actually watched an interview it was a few years ago where he was explaining that particular line um, uh, let me pull it up real oh three not lyrics you know um where's it dang it where is it at fire squad oh it's a fire squad yeah it's a fire squad yeah well, I remember from the interview, he was saying he had opened up like Apple Music or something and he had went to the jazz section. And, you know, whereas, especially with the origin of the genre or whatnot, it was predominantly yeah. a black artist. But then I think the trumpet player, uh, gosh, I don't remember his name, but he was like front and center and that got cold thinking. Again, not to justify, I'm not cold. I don't, you know, it's just more like where he may have been coming from with that particular line. I think yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say well, bitterness. Gonna... What? Oh, I was I was gonna say I'm fine with the line. It was just the end where he giggles and says, "I'm just playing." That was my that was my. Oh yeah, I think the point is that we know he's not playing. Hmm. Gotcha. Right. I wish I could find it just to, but again, you know, he said what he said. He meant what he said. Yeah. And they're just playing. I think it's just uh, to provoke the uh, the listener, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that makes a little more sense. Uh, last couple of things I had, like I said, O three adolescence, like the way he frames that gratitude, where he finds out his friend has pretty much resigned himself to poverty and crime, and like things. Is- and all these terrible things, and then his conclusion is, wow, wow, glad I'm not that guy. Mom, you made a genius, and I'm going to prove myself. Like, that was, that was a little... Right, okay, I can see where you're coming from. Yeah. Mm. I mean, to that I say, at that point, when he mentions that he's a genius, I don't think he's, I think he's no longer in conversation with the friend. You know, I think it's yeah. more like yeah, having had that experience. Mom, yeah. yeah, well, you know, having had that experience and takeaway, it's like, okay, yeah. I have to accept the reality of my circumstances and recognize that I have abilities that allow me to make change, which is what his man was saying, you know, because Cole, you know, <laughs> did go to school. I think St. John's um, and got his degree. And so yeah. I, I don't think that's directed at the friend of his circumstances. I think it's more like Cole reaffirming within himself that he's going to utilize his gifts to actually better his circumstance as opposed to aspiring to be something that no one should aspire to be. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. And maybe, maybe in a couple of years he'll come back and be like, wow, that was actually right all along. I've been a poopy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Last one I think that I touched on, Tale of Two Cities. Uh, I don't know, it's like, it definitely gives a good first impression as I listened to it and I thought more about it. It weakened a little bit just because, like, it's the one where he's, like, trying to show the two different paths he could have taken. The one where he's, like, this guy who's trying to go legit and, you know, just work really hard, but he's surrounded by all these 
right? All these dangers versus the person who has become the danger, you know, gone gangster and started robbing people. I thought, like, he didn't put enough in his voice to, like, differentiate them that well. The up-and-comer guy, he was too sympathetic. Like, they just robbed your friend. You don't have to be, like, well, socioeconomic circumstances. Like, you can you can be a little mad about someone robbing your friend. Like, I understand people have dehumanized a lot of people, and we need to still treat people as people, but you can also say, wow, that person did a bad thing. You don't have to be like, well, I'm sorry you got mugged, but, you know, Ronald Reagan happened. But, and then, like, the... But, I'll, but overall... And also, I just don't, like, call as a gangster, but, like, ultimately, it's about the perspective flip in the chorus and that works and then we get the hands in the air now and that's really fun right oh of course i feel it sounds like he was trying to do a schoolboy q track i mean personally this album like i you know i like the running part and of course hands in the air this particular Mm -hmm. track never really stood out to me like as one that i would like intentionally replay uh, yeah. regarding, like, the dissonance between the viewpoints. To me, yeah. I always viewed it as, like, like, it's occupying a sort of liminal space in the sense that, like, Cole is the Robbie or the bystander yeah. and the robber, you yeah. know? So kind of imagine a movie, you know, where the camera pans around and it's the same guy on both sides. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's yeah, always that's... how I viewed it. Yeah, I think that's what he was trying to go for and show, like, had things been ever so slightly different or even the same, but he had just made a different choice. He could have been any any of those positions. Mm-hmm. And he does that well with the little, you know, last night they pulled up on my man at the... And then he does the little... Yug. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. That beat that the little bell hits. All right, yo, when you got some phlegm, sometimes you spit it on the track. <laughs> <laughs> Pusha T's been doing it for the last 20 years and look how far he's gotten. Right. Oh my gosh, this beat's so sick. <laughs> well, let me not. Let me not fake off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 that's not a standout track for me. Yeah. yeah. Overall, I do personally feel like they were the flaws that I've listed. And like, part of it is probably that because his style is generally so, you know, played bare that you get kind of exaggerated and also he's trying to set so high of a bar for himself like he like tries to say after me there's going to be no more hip-hop greats and i am the god which in hip-hop sometimes just means i'm a pretty cool dude but like so i usually i end up holding him to a pretty high standard and but like overall it's definitely solid yeah i mean i i think he certainly was cementing his status and doing so consciously with this album. I don't know, yeah. when it comes to like that God status, I don't know, because I've also heard him like subvert that expectation. So I'm never a fan um, when rappers get into it, only because yeah. they deconstruct, let's devote, you know, significant time <laughs> to deconstructing that trope as opposed to just yeah. having it in a couple lines. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, I want to say it goes back to like five percenters, like, in the early days of hip hop, like that was a really prominent group, and they just like there was something where they would refer to other believers in the five percent part of Islam 
as God. But that's a really weird. I'm not sure. Oh, I just took it as like, well, if you think about it, we deify our celebrities. That is a bonafide mm-hmm. part of our culture. So I don't know when rappers like talk about God. I mean, you know, like the yeah. Islam and its relationship to various communities. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. But I don't know. Well, I always just took it as like, that's what you say. Like, think about Made in America. You know, it's like, oh, what was, how did the hook go? Or, no, not Made in America, my bad. Um, no Church in the Wild. You know, it's like... I don't remember that quote, sorry. Oh, I wish I could remember it better, too. But, um, you know, what's a, what's a king to a god? Oh, like, what's a god to a non-believer? Yeah, exactly. The deification of self, I think, is something that we mm-hmm. see both overtly and, like, covertly. Um, but when it comes to hip-hop, I don't know that it's, like, mm-hmm. you know... It's, like, I'm sure that's the connection, but I don't know if that's the reason modern-day rappers are, you know, likening mm. themselves to, like, the god of the game, so to speak. I mean, it's arrogant mm. and, <laughs> and destructive. It's blasphemous. Oh, yeah, and certainly yeah. blasphemous. Let's, yeah, let's mm. not forget that the, if we talk, have a whole episode on casual blasphemy in songs. <laughs> yeah. Well, 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 referring to yourself as God goes all the way back to Rock Kim, and he was, like, very devoutly 5%. It's like this not the whole of Islam, it's like this one very specific group that was centered around the African-American population of New York that was also very heavily involved, because it's like, with hip-hop at the beginning, like, Big Daddy Kane, Busta Rhymes, a bunch of other people were all involved in 5%. Mm-hmm. So. But yeah. Anyway, them's my thoughts. Go! <laughs> Alright. Are we ready for crit? Yes. All right. So a little bit of background. Uh, Crit's a guy from, rapper from Mississippi. Uh, grew up very proud of like having been from Mississippi and the Southern hip hop tradition, but also, as we see in a lot of his songs, a bit resentful about the low place a lot of people assign the South as far as rap. Uh, apparently, he started making beats on like this PS2 game from like MTV or something. But, All right. Yeah. Uh, starts off, you know, making songs. Uh, he's part of this duo called the Alumni with Big Sant, who also shows up on a few of the mixtape songs. Uh, start starts putting out albums and such, and starting to build acclaim. Once we get to the 2010s, uh, has a few collaborations with Wiz Khalifa. Uh, a couple other notable points are his verse on One Train, the ASAP Rocky Posse cut, where he's regarded to have like. If not the best verse, then the top two in a cipher that includes Kendrick Lamar and Danny Brown and Joey B. And so mm-hmm. it was like, it was a really good verse. And then also uh, Mount Olympus, which was his response to Kendrick calling him out on the uh, Control song. And mm. he was regarded as having one of probably the, I think, I'm not sure what the general consensus was, but like, he was one of the few people who got called out on the song to actually make a response. And apparently it was really good. And then uh, more recently, like 2017, he got he put out a For, "Forever Is a Mighty, Mighty Long Time" the album, and like it was probably his widest acclaim. And he has a song with BB King a couple years ago. He went on tour with Rhapsody. So overall, he's been one of those very, you know, another one of the big lyricists of the last decade. But like, doesn't have like the mainstream break, at least as strong as Cole or Kendrick, or even 
other guys. But yeah, this is King Remember in Time. It's one of his later mixtapes. I want to say 2013, I think. Yeah, it was 2013. Oh yeah, this was just in there. It was, I like it. It's it shows a lot of his tendencies. The and we'll get into it, but lots of throwbacks throughout the history of the South and rap, both the good and sometimes the not so good. And like he can be more flexing, but he can also get pretty lyrical. And so yeah, let's get into it. What'd you like? Well, I like the beats, right? Yeah. I don't think there was a single beat on the mixtape that I thought was whack. Yeah. You know, definitely got that, you know, down south construction. Just smooth. Oh, yeah. A lot of them just smooth. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will yeah. say, though, like, yeah. I was not a big fan of a lot of the lyrical content. Okay. So we can get into it. Uh, right. Let's mm-hmm. see. Uh, are there particular songs you wanted to get into? Shoot. Let me look at my little notes app. Yeah. While you're, while you're looking at it, I will say, yeah, the beats are definitely one of the big sellers. And they're all produced by Crit. Uh, mm-hmm. no co-production so take that J. Cole but yeah definitely brings in a lot of influence it sounds very sort of later Pimp C or uh, outcast but also mm-hmm. like tries out trap some there's a lot of good samples very good choruses occasionally he brings in the funky soul guitar for some mm-hmm. big trading solos and those are nice but yeah I think the specific critique I have is how I feel like he's okay. There are a lot of tracks, I want to say like maybe six or so, that like are seem to be seriously examining, you know, either the stuff. And I'm not saying you always got to like go deep or psychological. It's just more like in terms of a tonal shift, right? I prefer those tracks because they seem to actually be engaging with the tropes or with the circumstances as opposed to just like indulging them but i think my the consistent the the thing that kept me from really i suppose enjoying the album more fully was just like the i'm not a big fan (laughs) of pimp culture um you know and the derogatory language towards women and yeah cole did it too but my issue here is like cole was definitely a lot more analytical about it and like trying to put out yeah well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess that's the thing. I didn't mind it as much with Cole. I mean, one, you know, I enjoy Cole, like, just personally. So there's that. But also, like, there was, like, a critique or an examination at times. I feel like with Crit, it's just presented earnestly. Like, there was this one... Oh, give me a second, give me a second. Oh, like, uh, track seven. Let me look to see what the actual... Serve this royalty. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, like... Right or I the track. <laughs> right or the track where like it starts off with the woman in the outro, um, talking about you know how her man is beautiful and whatnot, and then ends with Crit presenting his uh, perspective on relationship, and I felt that was dysfunctional. Yeah, um, that that was service royalty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then it's the track I'm thinking of, just because it's like, if she is, and okay, real quick as a disclaimer, like. I do understand in part why, you know, those terms are used. It's like Cat Williams said, and I forget which stand-up was it. Um, shoot, Pimp Chronicles, uh, maybe. But you're saying, you know, rappers call women, um, you know, out of their name because they don't know their name. And it's like... <laughs> 
on the one hand makes perfect sense. Yeah. On the other hand, you got a whole dictionary. <laughs> you know, yeah. but I don't know. So again, there is a lot of that on the track, just that sort of misogyny without any sort of critique or acknowledgement that this is not a healthy way to engage with women. Yeah. Right. Or even with yourself, right? Um but I don't know, a track that I did enjoy. Um shoot. Rim, right? I really yeah. enjoyed the beat. Yeah. Um, and how the track started off. And it did seem like like content wise, like one of the more substantive tracks. And also in terms of sequencing, right? The the previous tracks before that uh kind of have a similar like BPM and tone, but then you get something completely different, right? Which is a good change of pace. Yeah. And I, I guess that's the other thing. I think he does do a good job of sequencing on this album, mixing tones and um, BPMs uh, successfully. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Like, I listened to the album. I just wasn't, like, I wanted to like it more. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's fair. I would say going through those points point by point uh, mm-hmm. yeah the the references to pimp culture and the misogyny they definitely get they can be a lot sometimes you get awful casual with it at several points and it's not like there have been like a lot of I think yeah I think I think he said this on a, like, another project, so obviously, you know, it doesn't really bear as much weight on this particular mixtape, but I remember one of his tracks, he was talking about the reason that culture comes up so much is that just, you know, the reason that generally gangsters come up so much in gangster rap is, like, where he grew up, they seem to be the most successful people, because, you know, they had all the flashy things. So... Mm-hmm. That mentality, that I think that's part of why it comes up so much, combined with, again, he really loves his Southern hip-hop, especially UGK, right. Nepal, and MJG. When I was just are, about to say, you know... Yeah, they're, they're both artists that make lots of references. Mm-hmm. It's a great weapon, and it's not really great, and yet I don't really have a, I mean, like a good... Mm-hmm. There's not really a good defense. It's, it's a flaw with his work. And it can... I feel like... I feel like he's, you know, it feels infantilizing to say, but it feels like he's casual without going into it so much that it's almost more of like a superficial thing, which is almost grosser than if he was actually dedicated to it. It's just like, you know, I'm trying to, you know, use a standard trope, which is just the whole other gross thing. But yeah, it's, it's definitely one of the weak points of the album. Right, because that's the thing. That's the only reason. Like, I wish I vibed with it more, but it's just because it like those things popped up so frequently, mm-hmm. it just started to feel a bit repetitive. Like, I get talking yeah. your ish, you know, and bragging on yourself. That's part of the game. That's how it goes. But because yeah. they were so similar, I was just. Mm. Yeah. But that's me personally. But what were some tracks that you know you particularly enjoyed? Yeah, I th- <laughs> before I get into the ones I like and the. <laughs> I would want to like touch on that service royalty. Yeah, that was definitely the low point of the album, like you had mentioned earlier. Like, yeah, it's it's him going full nice guy and going full chivalry, and you know, like 
Hello, fair maiden. You are my queen. I shall beat people up for you. And it's like, you're never going to get a girlfriend. This is why you have to resort to pimping, because you, you can't sustain a relationship, Crit. You're always going on about how you're going to be, be her lion. But yeah. And which is so funny, because in terms of the animal kingdom, male lions do nothing. Hey, they're going around guarding territory, I think. Yeah, I mean, sure, they're there for defense, but in terms of, like, you know, hunting and whatnot. Oh, yeah, they don't. <laughs> which is a little ironic, you know. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a provider, girl. I'm a lion. Particularly, you know. Yeah. As far as ones that I did like, uh, definitely a lot of his, like you said, a lot of his slower songs, they're, they're really good, because he is, uh, I will say, compared to Cole... Like, he's also likes to tell stories, but it, whereas Cole's a little bit more detached and he's a lot more detail and wordplay oriented, Crit is more like imagey and sort of like stream of consciousness. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, uh, yeah, Rim, REM, as far, and that's sort of like him trying to cling to his faith and his art, but also he's feeling threatened in his identity or his, like, his morality. And so he's trying to like hold on, or like a minute, or a meditate, where he's like trying to discuss his flaws and how his pride has been hurt, and now he's just resorting to uh, alcohol. And honestly, like his tone was just like think about like he has this very good sort of rap voice, that very. Mm-hmm. High twangy. His his speaking voice is actually a lot lower, so I guess he just like talks, raps higher, so it picks up better in the microphone. But like mm-hmm. that one, it felt a like delivery wasn't quite there. But on the other later tracks, he definitely plays the hurt part more. On like a flip banana clip theory, and mm-hmm. the, yeah, and the bigger picture, and life is a gamble. Like those, Right, and I enjoyed those tracks because of the content. But that's and that's the thing. It's like you don't have to have like a somber, a dour, you know, tone or beat to speak yeah. seriously. Like I would have loved to hear like because again, the beats are great. The beats yeah. are solid throughout, right? And so it would have been lovely to have him attack one of those like brighter or you know more um, energetic beats with just a bit more. I don't want to say it. Death. I feel like when it comes to those, like, yeah, the more upbeat songs, I feel like sometimes he does have a little more depth, like, or when he's, like, trying, when he relates it to his pride as being someone who comes from Mississippi, a place that historically has not had a big presence in hip-hop like basically apparently i looked it up apparently it's been like david banner soldier boy rick ross and ray shrimmert like maybe one other person so they don't have a lot of rappers i was about to say <laughs> what an interesting mix i mean it's like three very 2006 rappers and ray shrimmert yep but yeah. but yeah and also like he's just Again, he's got like very nice choruses, very catchy and energetic. So mm-hmm. I feel like that helps with them. But yeah, they do get a little repetitive. Like his, well, I say that 
he's able to vary it sometimes. Like uh, just last week, and my trunk, they both have very different beats. Cause like just last week, it's a little bit more of the trap influence and has future not doing much. And right. then my trunk is more more of a throwback. But yeah, definitely, as it wears on, like once you get to around how you love that or only one, it's you kind of want to skip. Right, and that's the thing, because I enjoy his flows. Like, a lot of his flows, yeah. I was vibing with. Yeah. Just, I, now I sound repetitive. It was just what he was saying. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that, that line, it does sort of... Maybe that's a little... Maybe it's me getting defensive, because I, I do like this. I feel like, probably because just having... Maybe it's one of those implicit bias things where, like, me having been more familiar with it, like, I've built up more of the way of listening to it where I sidestep, like, the misogyny and occasionally some of the repetition focus more on positive aspects. But, yeah, that's definitely fair. I mean, it's the same. I mean, anybody, if you like, that's, that's human nature, dude. It's like, I like this thing. I want you to like this thing. That's just how it goes. I, I was the same thing with Cole. How many times did I go, mm-hmm? <laughs> that's, that's the story of this podcast. It's like... Shoot, <laughs> a... we're just, we talk about stuff. We like, you know, so again, yeah. we're good. But, you know, that's what it is. I mean, I think if I had, if there was a track I really liked, yeah. but dang, that's what I'm saying. The tracks I like most would not be the yeah. tracks I'd want to vibe to. Yeah. I don't know. I think... Well, it's because, like, once again, my mind always blanks on exactly where his misogyny peaks. But, uh... uh purpose and King Without a Crown are definitely, as far as the ones that are just in straight-up bragging, those were really good. They both definitely have the most factor. Mm-hmm. I, I might just be forgetting the parts where he's like, I break a hole down. <laughs> and then like... I build it back up. Call it leg up. Wait, let me stop. Oh, man. Boy, <laughs> you can leave that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where that was going to go, but I didn't want to go there. And this is nice. I will say, it's a very low bar to clear. <laughs> but whenever he does reference pimping, it usually stays to like a line or two. Because I've suffered through some songs, man. It gets gross out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, and that is something to say. Even with, like, the focus on pimp culture and whatnot, I don't believe that Crit is, like, trying to purposely demean anybody, you know, yeah. or, like, oh, and, and I don't think, like, I'm sure, I can't say I'm sure I met, I've never met the dude, but I like to think <laughs> that, you know, I like to think that being aware of how harmful pimping is both to like the women, the community um, yes. and whatnot. It's like, I am sure as sure as I can be having never interacted with this man, uh, <laughs> that like he wanted just straight up be like, nah, there's nothing wrong with it. You know, like, I don't yeah. think that's what he's saying. It's just a bit of a gap because yeah. what you said leads more to be said. Yeah, but I well, did maybe, like now that you mentioned it, like the opening track. Like I did feel like it had this sort of atmospheric kind of epicness going for it. 
Yeah. You know, and I yeah. did enjoy. I think you mentioned earlier about the guitar, right? The hand. Yeah. Plays. Yeah, that's right. always really fun. Sort of that Eddie Hazel style funkadelic. Right. Exactly. Just gets you primed and ready to like for an experience. Yeah. Yeah. I think what you mentioned. Yeah, I think as far as serious is about closer. Like I said, like there was the one song where he acknowledges a lot of it was just the I had mentioned before the saying the most successful and hopefully someone who goes on tour with Rhapsody either unpacks their misogyny or gets a separate tour bus and does not. Get oh, like yeah, that's either. the thing. I'm sure this I, album I is not the end all be all of Crit. Like this is the first yeah. full album I've heard of him. I heard his verse on. Permatoos, the buzz, like the remix of that. But like this is like this, this, this came out like seven years ago. I am certain yeah. he's grown as a person and may not even cop to the same sort of views. But you know, just as like a snapshot in time with this yeah. work, that's what it was. Yeah, I will. I will say as far as like the uh, being conscious of problems, like he definitely shows awareness at least as far as like other criminal things, like uh. WTF, where it's like mm-hmm. pretty good handling of like how poverty and necessity lead to drug dealing, but then it gets out of control and destroys everything around you. And then a uh, banana clip theory is like that is a harrowing and examination of gun violence. So he's mm-hmm. aware of other social ills. So yeah, maybe it's like me, where it's like I'm attached to crit, like crit is attached to <laughs> these references to pen culture. <laughs> but I mean, like, my kid. I think this is his exact same thing when he was eight years old listening to <laughs> But I mean, that's, I mean, human beings, it's like, shoot, nobody would want to be put on trial for the things that they said seven years ago. Like, legit, uh, I don't look, ha ha ha, you don't need to. We don't need to go back. You know, so I don't, I don't want it to come off, you know, and I'm not saying you feel yeah. this way, but for the listener. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a problem with crit as a person. It's just you know objectively, it's like. Mm. But speaking of like WTF, is that the one I'm thinking of? Yeah, I appreciated how he was rapping against the beat. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like beats were solid. Flows yeah. have variety. Good sequencing. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, no, it sounds. It honestly is fair that you like point out the flaws in his work because that's that's how people improve. And like obviously, it's hard with. This is an album that dropped a while back, and he's not going to listen to the podcast, but... You know, yeah. I mean, look, for anybody, I mean, shoot. And also, like, everybody has opinions. If you got a liver, or even just part of a liver, I don't know your life. You know? <laughs> we know everybody says if Whatever you have a... Throw back. <laughs> Sorry, like a lizard tail. Um, yeah. If only. Um, lizard leather. <laughs> That's the tongue twister. Never mind. But sorry, I, no, well, no. You mentioned I, I thought liver, and then I thought faba beans and a nice Chianti. Like, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> I liked Hannibal. Well, I never saw. Th- oh, man. <laughs> but yeah, you know. Okay. But yeah, you know, I, I liked. I just, like, again, I appreciated the conscious tracks, so to speak. I'm just after, you know, after this, just send me a crit song that, you know, shows a different side of him. Okay, I'll, I'll look around for one, because, like, he's put out a lot of songs, and I don't know them off the top of my head real well. 
Oh, that's right. I mean, I'll try to do my due diligence too. You know, just type his name yeah. in YouTube. You know, yeah. hear what's up. Oh, yeah, I will. I will say one other song that was. I mean, it was just the last song, the multi till the sun die. Mm-hmm. It was a little. It was a little cheesy because it's also it's got sort of the acceptance award speech feel, but it's at least it's a you know it's still a song. But also he does he samples M eighty three on it. It's like you, you don't hear enough M eighty three samples. They're a good band. They make pretty songs. Right, or what kind of, or what genre are they? Oh, they're sort of like this indie rock, leaning towards dream pop. They did that uh, Midnight City song. The... It was real big in like 2011. I was alive then. I probably heard it. Yeah, that's fair. It, yeah. I think you would like them. If, if you like sort of like... Uh, if you liked that Firefly song, or if you felt like it needed more, you know... I'll be honest. Playing. I don't know anybody who didn't like Fireflies. Yeah, in that case, you would probably like. I'll send. I'll send you that song too. But yeah. Mm. But yeah. But yeah Wait, this... well, that's actually that is the last thing I didn't want to ask. I was. What did he mean by multi? My brain just said multi-millionaire, but I didn't know yeah. that was like. That I was that. Double check. I'm. Because he references multi on a couple of times, I, w- I want to guess it's his label. Mm. Which? Let's right. Because again, I did appreciate the tonal, <laughs> excuse me, the tone of that track. I just wasn't uh, sure what that meant. Or what he was. Okay. Yeah, that was, yeah, multi is his label, or was his label at one point. Multi. Oh, okay. That'd be kind of, I'm sorry. <laughs> If it, if it's no longer his label, that is a little humorous. Yeah. You know. It wasn't until the sun died that was still. Oh, till so things change, rearrange, and so do I. Couldn't resist, couldn't resist, couldn't resist referencing Cole. Didn't resist. I did it. <laughs> but yeah. Check Wikipedia now. Uh, let's see. I think he's still on. Let me let me check. I think he's still on. Yeah, he's still on multi alumni. He's still. Oh, on oh. That's where he released his albums now. So. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, still multi till you die. Consistency. Yay! <laughs> now be nice to women. <laughs> right. Yeah. Overall. I, I still like the album personally, but that's because I probably have a little bit of a blind spot to the rating of the women. But and but yeah, I still like it. He's still a really fun rapper if you're looking for a throwback. I do apologize for all the... Oh, Lord, don't, don't play yourself. All the same. <laughs> I'm gonna play myself tonight! Oh, nah. yeah, Because think about it. One, we're not responsible for what people say. Two, we are conscientiously consuming our media. We are aware of issues and we strive to better ourselves personally. So it's like, and that's the thing, like what you were saying about no role models, it hadn't even truly occurred to me that there was like a juxtapositional disconnect, you know, until you mentioned it. So everybody has their blind spots. You know what I mean? We like life for the reasons we do. And if you want to get into it, maybe, maybe, maybe. (laughs) 
we should probably. We should probably. Right, yeah. <laughs> all right. That's that's about all the time we have for today, folks. The albums we listened to were 2014 Forest Hill Drives by J. Cole and uh, King Remembered in Time by Big Rich. I'm Caleb Clark. And I'm Kiana Shabazz. And thank you for listening to the Billy Shears Club. <laughs>